Defending Against the Dark Arts, Why Some Marketing is Just the Same as Social Engineering and What You Should Be Doing About It. Welcome to The Circuit Magazine, the number one source of information on protection matters, the industry-leading magazine for all security professionals who want to stay ahead of the game. This week, we're going to be talking to Gemma Davis, who is a marketing expert that segued into the world of security, but she's actually maintained that knowledge to try and improve the standard of security marketing, but also to teach the community about some of the unscrupulous practices. I'm really looking forward to this segment. Yeah, no, I'm looking forward to this one also. One of my biggest pet hates is relentless marketers who call you, they get your number from wherever it may be, and come with a, a lot of cock and bull story how they've got your number, they've been recommended from whoever it may be. So I'm looking forward to hearing from Gemma on this. And why is this important on a security podcast? Because this is relevant to everybody, not just security. Why are we bringing it into our podcast at the circuit? Well, Sean, you're of course right. It is applicable to everyone. And so why not bring it here? It could be a, a way to look at it. But I see it as an extension of that podcast we did with Jenny Radcliffe, because social engineering could have a very malicious outcome, or it could have a disruptive or unscrupulous outcome. So of course, there's lots of underhand tactics there, which are the same as social engineering. So in, in investigating this, Sure, the end effect could be bad marketing, but it's very important to see that bad actors can use that for even worse effects. And of course, to be fair, uh, Gemma will talk about how to be ethical in your marketing. And, and as I like to say, everyone is naked. Today, people can see your intentions much more uh, than, than before if they just do a little you know, due diligence. Well, let's let's hear from Gemma, a, a slightly different take on uh, the usual Circuit Magazine podcast, but I think very much complimentary and uh, very much applicable to the whole community. And now let's meet one of the contributors to the Circuit Magazine. We're here with Gemma Davis, a security culture consultant, and today we're talking about defending against the dark arts. Um, I'm here with Sean West, and we're very interested to uh, to meet you, Gemma. H how are you doing? I'm great, thanks. Thanks so much for inviting me on. It's a, it's a juicy topic. Juicy indeed. Thanks very much. Well, let's do our three quickfire questions immediately. Um, what is your biggest gripe with the industry as it stands? And I suppose the industry in this case is the marketing industry, uh, you know, as, as targeted at the security professional. So um, I guess my one of my major gripes is that we don't view people as people when they are. And they are one of your most valuable assets, whether you're a business or if, if people are your customers, they are your most valuable assets. And if you look at the term user, uh, which is often used in security or computerized type environment, that term is only used to describe people 
when you look at addiction and it's not often you know in the supermarket we're called users we're called customers um but users are digital beings akin to drug addicts i suppose so not viewing users as people is a very dangerous game because you don't have a full understanding of the face behind that user phrasing that is an excellent point. I never seen it that way. And I, I use it as shorthand. So yeah, I must, I must maybe stop doing that. Um, but what about you, uh, you know, Gemma, you know, where does your passion uh, for this uh, topic really come from? So I think when I sort of transitioned from the world of marketing into the cybersecurity space, I got to see a different angle. And I remember when I was back in the marketing world and, I, and security teams would say to me, oh, we need to do a secure code review on something that you've produced or... Uh, we're dabbling around in the back end of something that meant nothing to me because it was never really explained to me why that was an important thing. It was just security or technical people getting in the way of what I wanted to achieve. I remember thinking, well, that sounds like a you problem. As my daughter says, which is the most irritating phrase that I've ever heard in my life, but I, I think it, it actually visualizes everything quite nicely. It sounds like an issue, not an ish me. Um, and so when security people were getting in the way of things that I was trying to do when they were saying, no, no, we need to do reviews and they were you know, blocking my deadlines for creative things that I was trying to do that were nice and cool and funky and would influence people to do what I wanted them to do. I remember saying, well, that's a security problem. That's not my problem. But the issue with all of that is... I didn't ever stop to understand what their point was and why that might be not a great thing for the end user or the person that I was trying to target with the cool, funky thing that I was doing. But they also didn't stop to understand what my issues were with them being in the way. So from, from then moving into the security space and seeing it from the inside and being horrified at the things that I was seeing, from being, you know, hearing all of the horror stories and looking at the incidents that were occurring in security that relate to the customers and end users, I got quite annoyed, vocally annoyed about these things that why are you as a business not protecting your customers and, and educating them to make sure that they're protecting you from the outside while you, you protect them from the inside? So that led me on a path. I, I was working with a CISO, um, which I think we probably are all very familiar with, Dennis Cruz at the time. And he said, never stop being annoyed. Always be angry and always fight for the customer. And, and so I've done that. And so I built my cybersecurity career around trying to protect people. And that, that's everyone. That's my grandmother. That's, you know, that's my teenage daughter, that's everybody should be protected and understand the risks of these things. And I don't think we do enough of it. So that's what motivates me is, is I guess, doing the right thing for the right reasons in the, in the right way. And not just breeding a human fire. I don't really like the phrase human firewall, but it's, it's quite common in the industry, a human firewall that isn't just within the walls of your business, but it's the customers who aren't reusing their passwords that mean that you're not being compromised as a business from well-meaning people who just want to spend their money with you. I can smell the passion. I can, I can really feel it. And of course, any business wants to make a sale, but is it ethical at the expense of someone's security? So uh, for those people not yet initiated in the, you know, the world of marketing, to be honest, everyone is their own marketer, but 
for the people not actually in marketing or never have been, what would you like them to better understand? I think it's really the importance of understanding. There's a, a phrase that I use quite often is, is seek to understand before you can be understood. And I think good marketing people do understand people and, and how to best engage them, not necessarily always for good reasons. So if you take a step back and look at the people that are in your business or that your customer base and how they best digest information or you can best get the message across, that's how you influence them because you target your approach to how they receive that information. It's not about how you want to get your message across, it's how the, the message can be fed to someone in a way that they will engage with. So it works for marketing, it works for training, um, there's a whole host of usage for just understanding people and not just assuming that you know how everyone's going to do something. Now, if you look at the likes of the, your local supermarket, when they've got an offer on for, say, pizza, you might get a leaflet through the door. You might see something on TV. You might see something on social media and you might see in-store advertising. Now, the reason that they do it in multiple ways is to hit everybody in, in a way that they are going to engage and digest that information. Cool. So... What are the, some of the worst examples of the dark arts of marketing you've seen? And why does that matter to the security community? I think we're probably all aware of the high profile election related things that went on. Now, these are good marketing people, good direct response marketing. Those things have been around forever. And I have used these things and they're great things to use, things like audience profiling and and the, the information that you can gain from someone's browsing habits now those are really easy as a user to or as, as a human to defend against if you know that you're supposed to be looking out for it now most people don't know that they're supposed to be looking out for it um, because why would they but what what quite often happens in marketing because of things like gdpr we spoon feed you the risk we say, this is how we're going to use your data. You have the right to opt out of these things. However, most people don't read the terms and conditions. Nobody reads the um, cookie pop-ups. Nobody thinks about why does Farmville or whatever game it is or Candy Crush needs access to my contact list before they go, well, yeah, because I, I just want to play this game. So they accept everything and they give away the keys to the castle without ever reading the terms and conditions. Now, GDPR says you have to make it very clear and explicit of why you're going to be using these things. But again, nobody ever reads it. And, and whilst Facebook has really bad press for the things that happened around the election campaigns, they make it explicitly clear what you're giving your permissions over for. And people have clicked that button and said, yes, I agree to this feeding the likes of Cambridge Analytica, what type of cheese I might buy, um, what, you know, what my political affiliation is, because you're giving that away. And you put so much in your profiles out there that allows somebody to build an audience, which is why I was a very good direct response marketing, because I used all of the tools that were available to me. Now, as a, as a human on the outside, these, these clues are all there for me to see. I just don't know that I should be looking in that depth. And that's where security professionals, cybersecurity professionals, should be communicating better with people. Now, the, one of the reasons that 
I find, and I don't want to stereotype cybersecurity people because, you know, some of them are my closest friends, um, but they, I, I guess I term myself as a fake security person because I don't deal with technology security. I deal with people security and changing behaviours and culture, which leads to the using my marketing skills for good, influencing positive behavioural changes as opposed to getting you to spend all of your money by tracking you around the internet. Now, what cybersecurity people don't have great ability in is communicating things in a way that the average human could understand. If your grandmother can't understand it, then you've not done a good enough job. So that's one of, I, I go back to gripes, um, one of my biggest bugbear is if we don't view end users as people, we can't understand why they might be taking these actions and making questionable decisions and clicking that I accept all of the cookies and, and I'm going to reuse my password all over the place. So I think the lesson for security people really is spend time understanding people. When I work with my customers and my clients, I spend time, well, not so much now because we're pandemic times, but I spend my time hanging around in kitchens and smoking shelters and talking to the receptionists and talking to the facilities teams and the cleaners because that's how you really understand how a business works is to understand how people do things and what the pain points are. Because I don't think humans are intrinsically trying to do the wrong thing. They just don't understand. So until you start understanding people and understanding what influences them to make these potentially risky decisions that don't seem like risky decisions when you just want to, I don't know, make a cheese scone, then you can't ever be a secure business or a, a, a good cyber security person. I like it. It's, it's a great insight. And, you know, in terms of dark arts, of course, um, Facebook posts were originally commonly termed as dark posts. And that's very interesting. I can't say any more than that. It's, it's interesting. Um, so <laughs> I think um, um, the other side of things that we probably as humans should be aware of is we actually avoid digesting advertising materials we have trained ourselves to ignore advertising materials. So if you look at Google search engine results pages of five years ago, they look very different to how they do now. And one of the reasons behind that is the psychology of that we've learned to ignore the top three advertising results that we see on Google and Amazon and Facebook. So they've made paid for promotional materials look much more organic than they ever used to because we as people have evolved to ignore advertising materials and that is only going to progress and they're going to whilst you know advertising standards say you have to clearly differentiate between paid for and organic content they make it look more organic so that we stop ignoring the the, the adverts that we see on a daily basis well, all of this to the ears of our wonderful uh, Circuit Magazine listeners will sound a little bit like social engineering. So where, where can you see crossover there? Because um, defending against really aggressive marketing or, or, or some sort of phone terrorist and actually marketing tricks, where, where's the boundary? I would say it's, it's pretty much an identical carbon copy. Social engineering and um, advertising is 
it's the same process. The tricky part with both elements, I mean, social engineering is whilst over, I don't think it's reaching you in your bedroom or on the toilet or wherever else you're using an internet connected device um, as much as possible. But marketing is, and the whole point of things like lead generation marketing is to get information from you in which to convert you to take an action. It's exactly the same process as social engineering. It's just, whilst I, I want to say it's a little bit more hidden, it's actually not because you have to explicitly say we're collecting this information from you. It's just the we as humans choose to ignore all of the warning signs that say don't do this. Now, I'm still quite shocked and horrified that social engineering um, isn't something that is brought up in, in mainstream education from a young age. So if you think about fire drills that happen at school when you're five and you get you go out and stand in the playground and you get wet and cold and then you go home with a cold and then you remember that these are the things you hear an alarm you leave the house I cannot understand why the education system hasn't adapted to bring up these things and train people from a very young age that people are out to get you in some way whether it's to get you to spend your money in an ethical place, you know, like the supermarket, or you might need something and, and the advertising is shown to you. But I, I just don't understand why it isn't part of mainstream education like the fire drill is. It seems crazy to me that that's not a thing. Now, the really dangerous thing about advertising is whilst you've got advertising standards, it's not very well regulated. If you've got cash, you can advertise. You can advertise on Facebook, you can advertise on Google, you can advertise on Twitter, you can advertise on LinkedIn. Not really any checking that happens, which then leads to things like malvertising, which is promoted content, which contains links to questionable landing pages, websites, which- Like, then like just send me Bitcoin and I'll send you more Bitcoin. Well, I guess there's the really, you know, punchy to the point, give me the Bitcoin stuff. But you could click on a display advert anywhere on the internet, which could take you to a virus loaded landing page, which then infects your computer and then you're compromised. Why, why don't we know about these things? As humans, why don't we know about things? So not only is there the dark art of advertising, there's also people using advertising for really, really bad things not just getting you to part with your cash, but to clone your identity, to compromise your system, to gain access to your credentials, your banking app. I probably, and, and I'm aware of these things, so I don't get hit too often, but I probably get three or four smishing attempts a day at the moment on my, my phone, which is a, a text message that, you know, is is trying to convince me to, you know, that my bank has been hacked or I've, um, there's something going on that is breeding that sense of urgency and asking me to react. So I, I am constantly reporting these text messages on a daily basis to the National Cybercrime Centre, but I know to look out for those. Now, there's not enough communication out there that says look out for these things. And it's, 
it's the the whole uh, sense of urgency that you see featured in in social engineering is no different from these types of things that you might see on I don't want to say the name of the place but there is a, a hotel booking website that says there is one room there is one room you need to book this room right now otherwise you've got nowhere to stay in the whole place of that you're going to you can't you will have no bed and it's exactly the same. It's breeding that sense of urgency. Oh, no, I must book this hotel room right now because otherwise I'm, I'm not going to get it at the same price or you know, I have nowhere to sleep. And there are lots of websites that do these types of things, you know, and um, there's a lot of I, I see a lot of Facebook advertising for, for websites where it says, you know, like eight, eight people are looking at this right now and you must buy it to get this deal. It's the same thing as the somebody sending me a text message saying your bank's just about to be hacked. Yeah, some really great info there. And I think it is crazy that there isn't more education surrounding this and to show people these signposts of what to look out for. So some really good stuff there. Considering your marketing experience, I'd love to know how can a physical security specialist market themselves or their business more effectively and ethically? So... As a business, um, I mean, I, I have a consultancy business that I am responsible for uh, a lot of the new business opportunities that we get. We don't actually advertise. And I was listening to the networking podcast that you guys ran recently, and I could not agree more with what the guys featured there were saying. It, it's the networking um, and building relationships. Now, that seems terrifying to someone like me because I'm socially awkward I, I don't I think I hide it well but I'm very introverted as an individual and actually during the Play Secure conference there was a lot of conversation about etiquette and how do you get how do you wander up and just talk to someone that you don't know and my approach to networking there in a, in a virtual space was quite similar to if I was at a physical conference is I kind of hover near people in hopes that they talk to me about something that I know about and that partly is because I have a huge amount of imposter syndrome I view myself as a fake cyber security person because I deal with people security and not technical security um, so that's why I don't just engage in in conversations with people who might be my clients um, I don't think there's anyone that has ever been in a war room that I've consulted by the side of that I've not connected with on LinkedIn. Four or five years ago, I was a marketing person and didn't belong in the security world. And now the majority of my connections are security people because they are my customers. But I don't advertise. I have valuable conversations. My kind of network of friends joke that I do what I call soggy writing because I get really annoyed about something that I've seen in during the day while I'm in the shower because that's where I do all of my best thinking is in the shower and I immediately get out of the shower and I wander into my office and I spend half an hour to an hour writing about something that I'm annoyed about so a lot of my I guess virtual network will see something that I've written or something that I'm annoyed about or something that I've witnessed I, uh, I may not be able to solve the problem but I've got a thought towards the problem resolution that I've written about and then that subliminally rests in their brain of, oh, we've been in the same room together and you wrote that thing that was thought provoking. And now I might need you at some point in the future. So most of my customers come to me directly. It's connections via virtual networks. It's 
turning up at conferences and I'm just actually posting everything that comes into my head when I'm annoyed about something and I can think of a solution. Love it. And, and I, I like that authenticity. I think everyone is naked today. Um, well, not really, but, you know, metaphorically. <laughs> and uh, yeah, it's really evident if you're not uh, the real deal. And I try and label myself as a events person. I'm, I'm very careful. And I feel your pain because you are uh, a marketing guru. You're a defense against the dark arts guru. But, but the, there are some people out there who will go one step too far in one or another direction. For our audience, bearing in mind, it's predominantly at the moment, physical security, corporate security, executive protection. I guess we should really ask, can the skills for defending against the dark arts, beyond don't click on that phishing email, which they've been told every day, can these skills be learnt or, or should they have you know, embedded themselves in, in a marketing function at one stage in their lives? No, I definitely think there are things that can be learned. When I go on a recruitment campaign to, to expand the team, I do not ever hire marketing people and I never hire security people. I hire people who have got the right attitude and they really care about these things. And then we grow together. So I definitely think these things can be learned. I think when I, when I talk about the right attitude, you have to really care. You have to have a level of an emotional intelligence to understand why people take the actions that they take. Um, so I definitely think this is a really uh, transferable area for your listeners um, and your audience because they have to be able to see everything. And it's you know, when, when you're driving down the motorway and you're looking behind you and in front of you and, and to the side of you at all times, your audience are always doing that. And that's what you have to do to be able to protect people, both physically and virtually. You see everything, anticipate everything that might be coming their way and, and put the, the steps in place to make sure you can protect them. So it's definitely a transferable area but if you have the ability to read people, read the room, then definitely something that can be learned and, and taken on board. Anyone in any walk of life. Now, as a business, we hire our audience. So I hire people who have managed shops because sometimes I need to protect the shop. I hire people who have worked in restaurants because sometimes I need to protect the restaurant. So it's definitely an attitude thing um, and an ability to see wider than what's right in front of you. I love it. Well, well, what a, what a hot topic. Um, you know, ethically marketing your own security business whilst defending against the dark arts. It's a huge topic. It crosses over to the world of social engineering and, oh, oh, of course, the fundamentals of growing your own business pipeline. Everyone needs a business pipeline, but there's ways and means to do it. Uh, I think I think that's maybe a, a key takeaway for, for me. Um, Gemma, uh, it's uh, been a pleasure talking to you and uh, we look forward to seeing you again very soon. Thanks very much for inviting me on. So now we know how to defend against the dark arts. Sounds spooky. It is applicable to everyone. And it's amazing to see the parallels between bad or, you know, underhand marketing and social engineering. It can quickly turn. 
We're so glad that Gemma brought that to light. And I'm glad to have Gemma on our side now, on the light side, as it were. I think that's really key. And also know what skill set you do have. Gemma evidently has a great marketing skill set. And it's great that she's putting her skills to good use. What have we got coming up then, Sean? I, I know there's a lot going on in the magazine. There's a lot going on on the apps. What's coming up for our audience? Well, it's great. We've had fantastic feedback on the podcast. We've had great take up on the magazine, some fantastic feedback there. Um, within the BBA Connect app, I've been loving the interaction of the members. Elijah's not with us at the moment, but in the Protector app, fantastic stuff there. Also, uh, we have James Ball, who's going to come and do a live clinic within the app. So if you remember, you'll get free access to that. Um, trying to give some basics, cyber security skills to the guys, just make you more cyber aware. Because I think we all agree within the post we've had in the app, it's not just about being a bodyguard now. To be a more rounded security professional, we need to look at different areas. We've joined forces with Cyber Forces Pathways, who are going to open up a link for BBA members who are ex-veterans to embark on some cyber training. Because um, I think we all agree that as being a rounded security professional, we need to grow in different areas. And it's a very new area where maybe many of us aren't skilled in and require some upskilling. So that's going to be fantastic. A nice little partnership there as we're constantly looking to make partnerships which will benefit you as a member and subscriber. I love it. And for the for the community out there, one of their top you know thoughts will be, do I have to be a hacker? Uh, do I have to suddenly become a, a you know a sys admin of a, of, a, of a computer network? And well, the answer is no. So the next question is, then what do I need to know? And this is where this excellent training uh, and also James's session comes in. Also uh, coming up, I, I think I think I should mention twenty uh, seventh of May for those in the Texas area or beyond, because let's face it, it's virtual. I have my corporate security monetization forum Texas coming up. Some nice people, friends of the industry, Chuck Tobin, Lee Orton. And uh, Joel Oliveras uh, is, is, you know, is very, very kindly supporting that. So you probably know them. And then Joe Ortera will join us. I can reveal he will join us on the 9th of June for our Circuit Magazine Protected Mobility Forum. Such a hot topic at the moment, insofar as, sure, how do we sanitize the, the, the vehicles? And yeah, I'm sure you've all seen the Ford F-150 heater that pumps up the uh, heating in the car to 70 degrees Celsius or something crazy like that. But beyond uh, that, as we come out of the pandemic era, hopefully there's a lot more to do with connected cars, to do with armor, to do with luxury vehicles. So very much looking forward to that. The uh, afternoon UK and morning in the EST of the 9th of June. Please put that in your diary. But apart from that, I too, as Sean has alluded to, I too am really enjoying the apps. Uh, people are connecting with me. People are connecting with Sean, Elijah and John. So please keep doing that. And this is excellent. I love tying these features together. Uh, Gemma Davis has been a great person to have on the show. So from Sean and myself, we look forward to seeing you on our next Circuit Magazine podcast. You have been listening to the Circuit Magazine podcast. Be sure to subscribe and be sure to not miss an episode.